Welcome to Art and Stuff, the podcast where we take some intriguing objects from the museums and galleries across the United Kingdom and look at the stories and history they evoke. In this edition, an image that has incredible power, representing a very live issue, and it was created by an artist who's still very much working today, the Dominica-born British painter Tam Joseph. He created it at a time when relations between the black communities across Britain and the police were at their most strained. And now, with the global movement that is Black Lives Matter very much in our minds, this single image of resistance and resilience gets straight to the point. It absolutely just captured me from across the room. Everything else disappeared around it. I think what's so wonderful about it is there's a certain dignity about the figure in the centre of the picture. It portrays and signifies the level of constraint and aggression towards what is seen as almost like an alien culture. Something energetic. The exhilaration you get from an instant act of creation. Spirit of the Carnival by Tam Joseph, born 1947. Paint on mixed paper, created 1982. Part of the collection of Wolverhampton Art Gallery. My name's Carol Thompson and I'm Senior Curator for Wolverhampton Arts and Culture. I'm going to be talking about Spirit of the Carnival by Tam Joseph. It's a large work. It's a painting in gouache. It's been painted on brown packaging paper, which is pretty unusual. And at the centre of the painting is a masquerader, a carnival figure, shimmering in sort of brightly coloured costume and a mask. Surrounding the figure is a sea of uniformed police, completely surrounding the figure. And the masquerader is penned in by police riot shields. And breaking through this is a ferocious dog, a police dog, which is straining at its leash. Its teeth are bared, leaping at the carnival figure. The figure is dancing. It has a real sense of movement. It's mainly yellow, a fiery yellow with flecks of blue and red. And the figure also has its hand outstretched in a sort of move of, um, of, of sort of defiance, in a sort of stop gesture. This picture is just a blaze of energy. It's usually interpreted as a commentary on the increasing police pressure at the London annual Notting Hill Carnival during the 1970s and 80s. But it's also very much about the fear of the other. It's about containment, and it's about the threat of a different sort of human spirit. The spirit of the carnival, of the Notting Hill Carnival, is very much about togetherness, about unity. which clearly this work is saying the, the opposite. But I also think there's a more literal sense in that the figure is a spirit. It represents an African spirit. So it's a sort of visible manifestation of the spirits of departed ancestors who periodically visit the human community in times of remembrance and celebration. Back in the day, they had Alsatians, German shepherds, Rintintin type dogs, which is coming out and growling. 
But of course, this spirit figure is not someone who's going to be overcome by any dog or any human. You know, he's the spirit figure. Tam Joseph has contributed a number of memorable paintings that locate themselves at the centre of socio-political commentary. He's known for making work that shocks as much as it amuses and amuses as much as it shocks. Spirit of the Carnival is possibly his best-known piece. I was born in 47 in Rosa, Dominica, which is one of the windies, <laughs> Windward Islands. Almost 99% of the people are born in Rosa because it's the capital, and Dominica is very, very, very small island. I think Hussein Bolt could run it if he was a marathon runner. He could do it, he'd do it in about five minutes. These islands, Dominica, St. Lucia, Martinique, Guadeloupe, and Haiti, we all speak Creole or Patois. I lived a lot with my grandfather in a village called Delice, up in the mountains. As a child, I was always inclined towards making things and, you know, drawing and painting and sculpting and doing these things. That's the way I am. Tam and his family emigrated to Britain in 1955 and arrived in post-war London. As a child, he grew up in Highbury, a short walk from the old Arsenal Football Club stadium. But it's fair to say that sport wasn't really his thing. One of the great advantages of emigrating to the UK as a child was that I had access to books at a local library in Holloway Road. I spent 90% of my time, I said, I read a lot. I read a lot of novels and sort of, I'm interested in astronomy and, you know, uh, and all that sort of thing. Uh, the kid, I've got this mind that goes out and sort of picks up on things. But I spent a lot of time in the reference library looking up. So I, I more or less taught myself art history. I'm very interested in painters like Rembrandt and Rubens and Franz Hals and so on. I then hung around all the museums, the uh, National Gallery. I mean, uh, it's like a pilgrimage. I've got to go there and get my National Gallery shot or my Wallace collection shot and so on and so on. It was in the late 60s that Tam first came across the Notting Hill Carnival. I remember going with my parents, my mother and I, we went to Notting Hill. I remember one Leyland truck. That's all, you know, and lots of West Indians following this. Not the numbers in millions are now, perhaps a hundred people, maybe less. And my cousin, Freddie, was playing the drums and stuff like that. And it was all very, very enjoyable, but obviously, from a political point of view, it didn't quite, it didn't quite gel with British society, you know, at the time. Notting Hill was an area where we visited quite often. There were a lot of Dominicans there and people from Trinidad, people who have a carnival tradition. And people just wanted to do something which reminded them of their cultural background. You know, you went into the streets and you caroused and drank and you had a good time, you met your friends, family and so on. After one visit to the Notting Hill Carnival, he witnessed the tension that had built up between those participating and the police. He was inspired to create an artwork to somehow crystallise his thoughts. But his raw materials were not conventional brushes, canvas and easel. The process was on the fly. I thought, well, you know, this is going to be a really big piece of um, canvas, you know, I don't want to waste it and stuff like that. I want to get this thing done properly. So I thought, OK, I had some brown paper lying around. I mean, I, it was no, this is the wonderful thing about the creative 
what the creative thing it, it doesn't always go in the direction that is planned so i started you know casually sort of sticking using horrible sort of glue that seemed to go hard almost instantly <laughs> and just bits of uh, cello tape and stuff like that and just painted away i somehow i completed it i did the rough and then i thought well, okay the rough is there now i'm going to transpose all of this onto canvas and then i had the creative moment creative it's a very elusive it's a loose term to describe something that most people don't even understand. A thought comes in literally out of nowhere. That's what happens. I looked at it and I thought, my goodness, this is strange because I've got something here. So I kept it. I left it as it is. And I'm going along in this way, but then something's happened. This is what I want. For Tam, the message of the spirit of the carnival is not necessarily targeted at any one group, say the police. But rather, he was trying to capture something of the difficulty that any authority has in crushing the will of its people. Governments everywhere, you know, they, they spend most of their time trying to dissuade, using fair means or foul, usually foul, dissuade people from doing what they want. So quite often this can be put about as the excuse will be, well, we're trying to make this country more secure, there are bad elements, and so on and so on. But I think governments are interested in controlling. So the, what I was trying to show the figure was that I'm not a, a sort of spiritual type, but the carnival has always managed to survive these attacks. You're trying to break something. The government, some elements of the government, not all of them, are trying to break something that the people love. It's not an attack on the police. It's the people who are driving the police to do that. The police were there being used as a tool. They're faceless people who tell the police, do this and do that. The police can't do anything. They're, no, we're not going to do it. No, they can't do that. They're stuck in the middle. My angle, I can see what's happening. They've been used. They've been told, look, we've got to stop this. You must stop this right now. What did they do? And they went about it and it all went, it all went haywire. The Caribbean tradition that inspired the Notting Hill Carnival is well established, and the figures depicted are hewn from history, sometimes created from extremes. I'm Vincent John, I'm band leader of Duca Mata Dominica UK Carnival Band, which is a project of the Dominica UK Association since 2005. I'm also chairman of the Association of Calypsonians and Soca Artists, who are really the actual artists singing the songs that are really a prelude to the carnival. Vincent John went to his first carnival at the age of six in Dominica. He can relate to the golden shining figure at the centre of Tam Joseph's painting because he's played that very character himself. I have worn the Sensei costume both at um, local carnivals such as the Newham Carnival as well as at uh, Norton Hill and it's a really uplifting feeling. You get recognised by so many people who wish to take photographs with you and it makes you feel a different person to be in a Sensei costume. I first went to my first carnival at the age of, of about six in Dominica and all I could remember large crowds and lots of fun, lots of different characters. I do remember the sensei. It was a very frightening thing as a young child seeing these costumes, but I can never forget it. And to some extent, that's been my sort of motivation and my level of understanding of our culture and have preserved that uh, up until now. 
And it reflects really your appreciation of the fact that we are from a slave community and uh, we've tried to preserve all the cultural aspects of our ancestors. No matter where we go, we try to retain that level of appreciation, that level of connectivity with our culture and our ancestors. So the sensei costume is another reflection of that attachment to our culture. Carnival, we should never forget, is really a celebration of freedom and liberation. After 1833, when the slaves were freed, people danced in the streets. People actually celebrated that momentous occasion. The carnival's not just the parade itself. Months before, people are making preparations, designing concepts. Sometimes teams work together across the generations, passing on the skills of making costumes, music or performance. We have choreography, selection of appropriate music for the theme that's been portrayed by individual bands. You have lots of meetings involving various bands to actually make sure that we are well prepared to be on the road. The word mass means it's not a a spiritual mass, although it is significant. It is masquerade, shot for masquerade, pretending to someone what you're not. Namely, that after the liberation of the slaves who took to the streets in celebration, some actually wore masks depicting their former masters. And I do recall that one of my carnivals in Dominica, and it continues to this day, where people wear masks featuring the, fe- the features of, um, of Europeans. That was all part of the actual masquerade. The sensei shown in Spirit of Carnival is a figure wearing horns. It's a feathered type image looking starry-eyed but straight at you. Just to explain that sensei is derived from the Ghanaian Twi language, sensei, which basically means feathered. But sensei is an essential costume in Dominican carnival, or what we refer to in Dominican as real mass culture. So the frayed costume is very similar to those used in numerous West African cultural ceremonies. Spirit of the carnival. I saw as a very vivid and exciting piece of work. I saw it as capturing the feeling of conflict. It portrays and signifies the level of constraint and aggression towards what is seen as almost like an alien culture in terms of the police surrounding this solitary figure in costume, looking majestic, looking powerful, but not deterred or perturbed by being swamped by the police. I think that's a very powerful representation of the historical fact of the situation that in the 80s, the carnival was seen as a law and order matter. And the law showed its strength in terms of deployment of the police. However, the sense of costumes there saying, irrespective of the constraints and irrespective of the show of, of the strong arm of the law, I am here. I am displaying something very special. I'm amongst you, and isn't it amazing? You're all around me, and I'm cool, calm, and collected. Wearing a costume is a way to ensure that people stick by their roots, never forget where they're from, and never forget what their forefathers have been through. It's an annual touchstone with the past. But in 2020... The pandemic meant that for the first time, the Notting Hill Carnival was cancelled. 
There are some of us who will always be cannibalists. It's in our blood and we love the occasion. I saw a gentleman who is a devout cannibalist who dressed up in costumes and on his own walked the entire length of the cannibal route on Cannibal Monday. And to some extent, he reminded me of the painting with the sensei surrounded by the police. The only difference is that he was surrounded by cars hooting and admiring his dancing on the streets alone. It just goes to emphasise how important the carnival is for so many people. For the artist Tam Joseph, self-identity is very important. I don't want to be pigeonholed at all. No one can say, oh, Tam Joseph's style is this, because I, I, I've never been interested. I work for a moment in feeling whatever comes into mind, if I have to express it in the way I do, and I reject anyone who tries to put this in, because it's like you get a, uh, a sort of cap put on you. It's like years back, whenever African artists or uh, you know black art, black people from the Caribbean Africa were being referred to, and it was always, oh, they use such bright colours, don't they? It's like, oh my God, where are these people coming from? Because you can't be seen, you can't be viewed unless you've got a cap. While Tam was doing his best to maintain his own identity as an artist, others saw value in grouping together as a movement. 1981 was a key year for the establishment of the Black Art Group. The following year, in 1982, there was the first Black Art Convention at the Polytechnic in Wolverhampton, which is now the university, and that brought together artists from across the UK who realised that they had a collective voice. And from that really developed the black art movement, which grew during the 1980s and 90s. So key members of the movement who got together at that convention were people like Lubaina Himid, members of the group were Keith Piper, Eddie Chambers, Donald Rodney, Claudette Johnson, Sonia Boyce and Marlene Smith. And they went on to establish this incredibly important movement during the 1980s. Spirit of the Carnival is a standout. And actually, it's a huge work, so they don't always have it out on display. I love seeing it out in the gallery. It always attracts huge attention. It's a fantastic talking point. And this is one of the things I think is incredibly important at the moment that we have work out on display that invites conversation, it provokes discussion, it brings people together. I think at the moment there are very few opportunities for strangers particularly to meet and talk and exchange ideas. It has incredible relevance at the moment because of Black Lives Matter. These issues don't unfortunately go away. So I think it will continue to be a really, really important part of our collection and really sort of facilitate some very important conversations. It actually makes you feel quite fired up and excited and you can't help to feel engaged with the work and energised by it. No one would deny that the Notting Hill Carnival didn't have its challenges for policing, but these days it's about collaboration with the community.
My name's Wynne Baptiste and I am a filmmaker and journalist and my father was Selwyn Baptiste who was one of the Notting Hill Carnival pioneers and was the director of the event in the mid 70s. Selwyn Baptiste was the face of the Notting Hill Carnival for many years. He was the man the news media went to when they wanted a soundbite or someone to blame when things went wrong. There's a key date in carnival history, which is 1976, and I would argue a key date, perhaps in race relations history of this country in many ways. But 1976 saw serious rioting at carnival. And crucially, and what's crucial about, you know, in the context of this painting, is that in that year, the Metropolitan Police took the decision to flood the area with police. So the swamping of the area, the very heavy-handed policing of this event, coupled with the ongoing harassment, meant that something popped. The Notting Hill Carnival has become the biggest street festival in Europe. Up to two million people take part over four days in August. For many of the people attending, it's laced with memories. One of the favourite moments is on the Saturday night where is Panorama, which is the steel band competition, where it, to me, feels like the real essence of Carnival. And you have to remind yourself when there's a steel orchestra in front of you playing that this is not amplified music. When a steel orchestra is in full flow and you're standing in front of it, you feel it in your internal organs. And that very particular sound just travels through your being and your body. When you live in the area and you wake up in the morning, you hear that activity, whether it is people setting up their food stalls and the sound systems being turned on. There is a, a, a real feeling of unity and sense of purpose, and that's something I don't think you can put a value on. Still to this day, I still need to pinch myself when I'm in the middle of carnival on the bank holiday August weekend and say, wow, is this really happening? Because it's unique. My dad came here in 1960. He was a celebrated and, and champion steel band player. And he came here to study music. He had no vision of starting a, a carnival or getting involved in the social fabric of Britain. But what all of those early pioneers did was it was something more than an arts and cultural event. Set in the context of race relations and immigration and relations with police and all of that kind of stuff. It was so much more than that. But my dad was very clear, though, that Carnival is a cultural event. It is not a political event. However, he did temper that by saying, you know, there is room for all sorts of voices and themes and politics is part of that. You know, the politics of identity, who you are, justice, all of those things are going to come into it. And, you know, my view would be that 
most art of merit whether it is a wonderful painting like this or performance art or music the real power will be the context in which it's set and what it's saying but then going back to that picture I think what's so wonderful about it is there's a certain dignity about the figure in the centre of the picture. The figure in the centre has a quiet confidence and strength in the face of being surrounded by threat. The painting should be seen by everyone who has the opportunity. Visit the museum, read about it, listen to those who know about Sensei, but also think about the difference between the sole and solitary figure surrounded by a police and a dog and bring it into modern day context because it's still very, very significant when you look beyond the UK and see what's happening in terms of black lives and uh, the killing of George Floyd. That is another connection. And there is still this perception that black culture and, and black lives are not as important as. So even 40 years later, the picture tells a story. It brings to the fore many of the issues that are in our papers currently, in people's minds, as well as being just an amazing work to look at. The worst sort of art is sort of so what art, where you walk past it and it doesn't make any difference to you and it doesn't engage you. I think with this work, I would hope that people have come to the gallery and felt that they have engaged with something and connected with the artist and the messages that he's wanting to deliver and actually taken something valuable away with them. Visitors will get primarily a feeling of the exhilaration you get from an instant act of creation. Actually, it was not instant, but it seemed like that because normally it takes me ages to do work. And so what they'll feel is something energetic if they allow themselves to get bogged down into the sort of socio-political stuff, you know, they can do. I mean, if they want to, if they really must. But what I want them to do is to get into the state, oh, yeah, they feel the vibrancy. That's what I like. The Spirit of the Carnival by Tan Joseph is part of the collection at Wolverhampton Art Gallery. It was acquired with the generous support of Art Fund members across the UK. You've been listening to Art and Stuff with me, Ben Miller. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. Music